Welcome to the Positively You podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Larson, and I'm passionate about helping you shift the way you think so you can create a life you're absolutely obsessed with. Each week, I'll be bringing you a guest or a thought that's going to help you feel more optimistic and equipped to take real action. Get ready to push past limiting beliefs, ditch that negativity, and start showing up as the best and most positive version of you. Girl, let's do this. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Positively You podcast. I'm so excited for my guest today. She is a fellow podcaster who I have just recently connected with, and I love everything that she is about. This is Elizabeth, and her handle on Instagram is Emotionally Healthy Legacy, which I love so much. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Great. Um, so I just met you. If you want to give a little introduction to who you are and kind of what you're all about and what your message is. Yeah, I am a mom. I have four kids. I have three boys and a baby girl that's only a few months old. I'm really excited about that because I wanted a girl for so long. And <laughs> I love that you got one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And my passion is for moms to learn how to handle their emotions in a healthy way. Oftentimes, we grew up in families where emotions were not allowed, and they were shut down and or expressed in destructive ways. And so my goal is to teach moms how to regulate their emotions in a healthy way so then they can show their children how to do that in a healthy way and they can build close relationships that way. I love it. I am so here for it. And as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, mom life is hard. There's a Mm -hmm. lot that we've got going on. And you just said you have three little boys. You just got your brand new baby girl. And the days what is the saying? The days are long, but the years are short. Like, and those fuses for us can go really quickly. And so I think that, you know, when we become moms, we're not handed this handbook of here's how you do it. And here's how you do it well. And here's how you do it without like losing your mind by the end of the day. And so I'm so happy that you are doing this work and just putting out that information and that encouragement for moms to be able to be able to say like, Hey, I might need some extra help or I might need some extra tips on how to do this because we don't, we don't just wake up one day when that baby's placed in our arms and we know how to do everything perfectly. So, yeah. Yes. So what happened was I had, I had a few kids and I started to notice that I'm not as patient as I thought I was. I felt like I was a pretty patient person and then I had children and they bring out in you things that you just never thought you had. And I was really struggling with how to be patient. I come from a Christian background and, you know, the Bible tells us, oh, we need to be patient. And my biggest struggle was, well, how? That's the thing. There's so many stressors in the day. There's so many overwhelming moments and I feel like I'm losing it. I want to be patient and I don't know how. And so I started to learn more about this. I started going to therapy and counseling, and I learned how to regulate emotions and also how to set yourself up for success so you are more patient to begin with. And that's what I want to teach my moms that are listening to this today. 
So one of the things that I want you to learn and to walk away with is to understand a little bit about the human brain. Our human brain has like three main parts when it comes to emotions and behaviors. We have our thinking brain, which is right behind our frontal lobe, right? Like where your forehead is. And in that part of the brain, we make, um, when that part of the brain is working, we're making positive choices. We can think clearly. We, um, that's where our learning happens. And that's when you can communicate with somebody in a healthy way without like with without your emotions taking over but the trick is that part of the brain doesn't get get developed until your mid-20s so little kids um when they get all emotional or they make silly choices that are just um not mature because that part of the brain is just not developed yet yet we kind of expect them to right and we get frustrated when they don't make positive choices in their emotional state And then we have our emotional part of the brain that's a little bit further back. And when that part of the brain gets activated, it usually happens when there's some sort of stress that is going on. It could be external stress or internal stress, like skipping meals is going to put you into emotional part of the brain. That's why there's this saying, people are hangry. Yes. because when you skip your meals, and aren't we as moms like like so good at that like we skip meals I mean I know I do like I'll get too busy doing whatever or I'm just taking care of mm-hmm. everyone else and all of a sudden 3 30 rolls around and I've got that like hanger coming in right and it's like oh yeah I, I didn't eat lunch today I think moms do that yeah. a lot oh for sure definitely And then, you know, not prioritizing sleep will shift you to emotional part of the brain. You will be a lot more on edge throughout the day and easily triggered. There's also things that, like in our relationship, if there's tension between you and your spouse, and then you will notice that you're snapping at your kids. It has nothing to do with your kids. It's some of your needs may have not been met, like emotional needs. You don't feel heard. You don't feel accepted, whatever it might be, you feel bitter and resentful because your husband is not trying, is not listening to your perspective. And so that will shift you to emotional part of the brain. And so there's a few things that we can do to support ourselves to stay more regulated throughout the day. And yeah, I'm dying to talk to you about that because I know as you're saying, you know, you snap at your kids and what you said is it's never or almost never about the kids, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like actually picturing just a week or so ago driving in my car and just losing my cool at my kids being like, oh my gosh. And I pulled in the garage and they all got out of the car and I sat there for a second. And I was like, why did I do that? Like they weren't even being that like bad or awful. Like, and so I kind of had to sit there and be like, all right, Jess, like there's something going on inside you. But I think that that takes some work to be able to put that pause break on a little bit. Oh, for sure. And what I want you guys to remember is when we are internally struggling, it's going to come out externally. So if you're internally overwhelmed or you're stressed or you had, or it could be tension with your spouse or whatever it might be, or you're hungry or whatever, when you're internally struggling, it's going to come out in your behavior and it won't be even intentional. The thing is, when we are an emotional part of the brain, our thinking brain shuts off. 
So even if we want to make positive choices, it's extremely difficult because our thinking brain is shut off during that time. So if you are under a lot of stress, let's say it's work-related stress, or you have a lot of activities going on, or you're hungry or whatever, you are under stress and your child says or does something and you want to respond positively and you'll just find yourself easily triggered and irritated. And it's because your brain is under stress. It's not because you're a bad mom. It's because it's, there's just too much going on. Yes. So, I love that yeah. you said that. It's not because you're a bad mom and there's things that we can do. And that's what I want to ask you about. What are some of those proactive things or things that we can do to set ourselves up for success so that we don't have to have those feelings of letting that emotional brain take over and then feeling like a bad yeah. mom after? What are some things that you would say we can do proactively to kind of set ourselves up for success? Yes. Yes. So one of the things I already mentioned ahead before, and it's meeting our basic needs. So it, that would be getting enough sleep, prioritizing sleep and going to bed at a reasonable hour. And the other thing is not skipping meals. Let's treat ourselves the way we treat our children. We don't have our kids go to bed at midnight and get up at six in the morning, send them off to school hungry, and then give them a handful of gummy bears in the afternoon and expect them to be their best. But yet we do that to ourselves yes. often. And so that is one of the big ones. I want you moms to treat yourself the way you treat your kids in the sense of like taking care of yourselves. You matter, your needs matter, they are important. And when we take care of ourselves, when you get enough sleep and you feed your body, nourish your body, you will notice already a big shift in how you're feeling throughout the day. You won't be as easily annoyed or triggered. You won't be hangry. That is like really simple and free way <laughs> to take care yes. of yourself. It costs <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Like everyone's like, Oh, you know, self-care, I don't have time or I don't have money or whatever. It's like, you can do this. You can definitely mm -hmm. do this. Yeah. And so what happens is when we skip meals or if we're sleep deprived and something is going on with our children, our brain is not able to, how would I say? It's not able to focus on our children's needs, it's focused on our basic needs. So if you're sleep deprived, your brain is thinking, I need rest, I need rest, or I need food, I need food. It's not able to focus on your child and be like, okay, he's having a hard time, he needs my help, he needs my support. It's focused on your needs. And that's when, when we meet our needs, then we'll be able to show up for our children and meet, meet their needs when they're struggling. Yeah. And then, and the next one, I want you to consider and think about is reducing the amount of commitments you have going on. When we have a lot in our life and we have a lot scheduled in our life, we feel overwhelmed and pulled into many directions. It's a lot to just manage a home with children. Add on top of that, all these other commitments that we sign ourselves up or our children sign up for those commitments we feel like we're stretched in 20 directions at the same time. And that shifts our brain into emotional part of the brain. And then little things like your child 
saying something or not listening to you when you ask them to do something will quickly shift us to emotional part of the brain and we will react. And so one of the proactive ways what I do for myself is I create white space in my week. I need times in my week where I'm not go, 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 go. So I can actually like be and not yeah. constantly feel like I'm pulled in 20 different directions at the same time. And so maybe there's something in your schedule that is just not serving you at this time. There are seasons in our lives where we can take on more and there's other seasons where we can't. And so maybe there's some certain things you need to reconsider that you, a commitment you signed up for and right now you feel like it's weighing you down, it's overwhelming you, and it's not serving you in the long run because you're a lot more frustrated and irritated throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And actually that's something that I think is a huge, huge stressor um, at the beginning. And fall seems to be the season of busyness. Like we gear mm-hmm. up and it's like school's back in, all of this fall sports start. Like every mom I've talked to is like, I can't even talk to you. I'll see you in January, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. then we get the holidays and it's just crazy. And I remember I was at back to school night and everyone's signing up for all of the things. And I kind of was like, you know what? Mm-mm not going to do it. And my son's kindergarten teacher who I absolutely adore. And I love volunteering. She was like, do you want to be room mom? And I said, no, I don't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I would love to be room mom. Like I love being that fun mom. I love organizing things. Like I have, I have skill in that area. Like it's something I enjoy, but I knew that's not like, I'm going to I kind of could see like the future, right? I could see me freaking out and getting triggered by all the little things. And I think learning how to, um, to be okay saying no and letting some of those commitments go because we want to have that full calendar. We want to feel like we're contributing and supporting and giving our kids all of these opportunities. And so figuring out how to be okay with saying no, I think is maybe going to be that like little roadblock, that little thing that kind of catches you on that reducing your commitments. But I love that tip so much. Yeah. And if you think of a certain commitment, like what comes to your mind? If somebody like you were asked to be, you know, the homeroom person, like when you think of that commitment, does it feel heavy? Does it feel overwhelming? And that's kind of like your body's way of telling you if this is something you should do or not. And I know like I I have a newborn right now and a toddler that's at home and then two kids at school and they send out like volunteer stuff all the time. And I know that for me, this is just not the right season is just not the right time. And I have to pass on it because if I do sign up for it, it's going to overwhelm me. It's going to stress me out. It's just not the right time. And I have learned those things about myself and saying no is okay. It's good. Yeah. It's good because in the long run, you're actually serving yourself and your family better. What is better? An overwhelmed mom who's constantly snapping at everybody left and right. And yeah, she's taking you to all these activities or like a family dinner where you get to sit down and actually spend time with one another and you're not rushing constantly. Yeah, totally. So I think being able to have that kind of like vision of what your goal is is going to help you to be able to be like, not these commitments, not now. And I think knowing your time and season, like you said, you have a newborn, like there are Mm -hmm. times to kind of ramp it up and there's times to kind of bring it down, but taking a look at that calendar and that 
reducing some things, maybe crossing some things off. Huge for your stress relief. Yes, for sure. Definitely. And the third thing that we can do proactively, and that is creating five minutes a day of stillness. And what I mean by that is literally just be still. And that could look like for me in the mornings, I get up before my kids so I can have some alone time and I will have some cup of coffee and I just, I don't have my phone. I don't have the laptop on or anything. And I just sit there for like five minutes and do some deep breathing. And at first it will feel very uncomfortable because if you're used to a lifestyle where you go, 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 go all the time, you will feel restless kind of sitting still. But as you practice it more, it's going to get more comfortable. And what that does, it um, calms your nervous system down. It just kind of puts you more in a calm state to begin with throughout the day. If we get up in the morning and we're like just jump into chaos, we are on guard and stressed to begin with. But if we start our day with a little bit of stillness, And literally, maybe even two minutes at first, because five minutes may feel like too much and forever sitting there still. I especially struggled with that in the beginning because I'm a person that always feels like I have to be productive. So sitting still was like, I feel like I'm wasting my time. But it could be, it could look like you could just sit there and pray. You could meditate. You could just do deep breathing. Sometimes I do journaling and it's just this calmness and stillness, like my thoughts go into my journal. Um, You could mentally say a gratitude list, just being. And I think moms especially, we're just so used to go, go, go all day long and creating pockets of stillness is like, for me, it was essential to set myself up for success, to be more calm throughout the day. And it could be like you're standing in the um, carpool line and instead of scrolling through your phone, just roll down the window, breathe some fresh air and just do some deep breathing and just be. We're just not used to that. And that calms our brain down and it helps our brain to just be more regulated when something does happen. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love what you said about even five minutes can feel overwhelming sometimes. So I have a little app on my phone. I think it's called breath work. I have um, that too. Yeah. Do you have it? But like, there's it. one that I'll do. <laughs> there's one that I'll do. It's literally like a minute 40 mm-hmm. and it's just like a couple deep breaths in a couple deep breaths out, but it's like the easiest, quickest little thing you can do. And I love that I can set like little reminders on it through the day. I'll get a little ding. That's like, let's take an energizing breath. Now I'm like, all right, I have two minutes. Like let's breathe in, let's breathe out. Mm-hmm. So even just something so simple. Cause I think that that does feel overwhelming, especially, you know, I had a baby that, you know, wanted to win the Guinness book of world records for lack of sleep. Like he never okay. slept. It's fine. And so the idea of me getting up in the morning to have a couple of minutes to myself was completely insane. It just, I, I, I envied moms who had that or who even had a minute because that just, I was like, no, there's no extra Mm -hmm. minute for me. And so if you're feeling like, okay, early morning's great. I'm not a morning person, whatever. Like it doesn't have to be morning, like make it work for you. Do a two minute breathing thing, like set yourself up, find something that you can do. It doesn't, that's what I love so much is that it doesn't have to be this 
perfect prescription. This is mm-hmm. the one way to do it. Find whatever stillness, like you said, you had all these different ways of breathing or meditating or praying or journaling, just whatever is going to help calm you down. So yeah, it could even be when you're taking a shower, you yeah. know, just take some deep breaths. And when you do that, just relax your shoulders and just relax your whole body to kind of put this relaxing energy inside of you. Um, I mean, I have a newborn right now. And one of the things is I have to sit throughout the day and nurse her. And when I sit down, that's one of the times where I intentionally, for the first few minutes, I don't touch my phone. I just sit there and just take some deep breaths to kind of calm my body down. That's like one practical way you can do it when you have a little one that you're nursing or feeding. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Cause yeah, we definitely do. We'll grab that phone, right. And just start scrolling as we're sitting mm-hmm. there, but being like, okay, before I do, let's just breathe in, be grateful, something. I mm-hmm. love that. Just finding little pockets of your day to find some stillness. All right. So you shared with us three things that we can do proactively to set ourselves up for success, but I know that even the most proactive of us, we can still fall into those traps where we're just gonna, we can feel it, right? You can feel that like tension rising Mm. and you're just like, oh, so do you have any tricks for when the proactive stuff just isn't cutting it and we need something like quick to help us kind of get back into feeling good when we're about to snap? Yes. And these are my favorite ones. Um, What do you do in the moment? So you're making dinner and your kids are fighting or something like, and then you're getting a phone call and then a baby's crying. Like those are the moments. Those are my moments where it's like, I feel the tension rising up. I feel like I'm about to yell at one of my kids. And then one of them climbs the counter and, you know, tips the Knocks plate the over. Cup over. Yep. <laughs> and it spills and breaks and you're like, oh my goodness. And like, you just want to scream your head off. Those are the tense moments. So what do you do in those moments so you don't end up saying or doing hurtful things? Because when there's so much tension like that and it's so overwhelming, our brain can even switch to survival part of the brain. So there's the thinking brain, there's emotional, and there's survival. And survival part of the brain, that's when a toddler's throwing a tantrum on the floor. Like they are not thinking at all. That's when you physically want to hurt your child because you're so angry. That is when you are yelling and screaming words that you regret later. Later, That is the survival part of the brain. So in order to kind of help ourselves not to get there um, in the moment, because if we switch to survival part of the brain, we will do or say something hurtful. We yes. just will. That's when you find you say things to your kids that you're like, oh my gosh, why did I say this? I would not normally say something like this. So what do I do in the moments like that? If at all possible, if the time, if you have a little bit of time, I try to walk away from the situation. So if I'm making dinner, I turn off the stove. If my kids are fighting, I either separate them to different rooms or I will turn on cartoons for them. And I will go to a different part of the house, to the bathroom or to my room upstairs to calm myself down. Because I know if I stay in this atmosphere, (laughs) I will lose it. 
I will lose it. And sometimes I had to leave a broken bowl on the ground in the kitchen and walk away for five minutes. Like, because I'm like, if I stay here, I'm just going to do something I regret. So I will go upstairs to my room typically, and I will close the door. And, um, and then what do you do then? Because the tendency would be to scroll through your phone right? Like you're just like, like, oh, I want to lock yourself away, disconnect. Yes. Reality (laughs) is just so hard. I want to avoid it. And like the tendencies to scroll through the phone, but I would challenge you to do something different because when we're scrolling through our phone, it actually, the blue light and like seeing the stimulation actually can raise your stress level, but your goal is to reduce your stress level in your brain. And what I do then after I walk away Well, I communicate to my kids. I'm like, I need a break. I am angry. I'm overwhelmed. And I need to walk away and take a little break. And I will, in that time, take some deep breaths. And why that is important, slow, deep breaths, there's a couple things. It calms your nervous system down. When your brain is under stress and you're taking deep breaths, and relaxing your shoulders as you exhale, exhale, it will calm your body down. That is one thing. And the other thing, it sends oxygen back to your thinking brain and you're able to start logically thinking and hopefully will make positive choices when you come downstairs. So that's one. And then the other one that I do also in the moment as I'm taking deep breaths, I affirm myself and I say phrases like, I've got this, I can handle this. I've got this, I can handle this. What we tell ourselves in the moment is really, really important because my tendency is tell myself it's too much, I can't do this, I'm gonna lose it. That is my natural tendency. And I have to fight against that because when you tell yourself it's too much, I'm gonna lose it, you're gonna live that out. If you tell yourself, like, I got this, I can handle this, you take some deep breaths, you wait a few minutes for your body to kind of cool off, and then you're able to go downstairs into that chaotic environment that you left and be able to handle it more in a positive way. So those are some of the, like, in the moment things that I do. There's a few more that you can do to calm your body down, but the biggest thing I want moms to remember is when you are dysregulated, when especially you are in that survival part of the brain where you're about to scream or hurt your child, you have to take a break, not just for their benefit, but for your benefit. You will not make any positive choices in that moment. And to serve everyone better and yourself, just remove yourself for a little bit. And by doing that, you're also teaching your children kind of what to do and modeling to them how to handle frustration, how to handle anger. And I will tell my kids, I'm like, I'm really frustrated. I am angry and I'm going to go take a break because I don't want to do or say something hurtful. And I'm modeling that for them. Which one of us grew up in a home where our parents actually did that? It is so rare. Usually our parents either said or did something hurtful when they're angry. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly what I was thinking as you were explaining that about, you know, saying I need a break, I'm going to walk away. Like that 
example to our kids is huge because you didn't just like leave and avoid the situation. It's I'm angry. Like you're totally owning up that anger and that, that emotion is, is okay. Like you can feel it. It's not something that we have to like avoid at all costs because anger is awful. But being like, I'm angry. We're going to take five and mm-hmm. we're going to go. And I think it gives your kids permission to be able to feel those big emotions, to be able to feel anger, but mm-hmm. then be like, oh, but what's the way that I'm supposed to, or not even supposed to, what's a better way that I can act on this? And so, yeah, like, oh my gosh, the example that it's setting for our kids is huge. And then not only helping you, right, to be able yeah. to breathe, come back and take, you know, take action that's going to be a lot more beneficial for everyone involved. And I love, I mean, I'm a huge advocate. I say over and over and over again, words matter, words matter, words matter. Yes. So having those affirmations in that moment, so good. I, I'm calm. I'm calm. I've got this. Mm-hmm. I can handle this. Like, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. Put those words into your brain and come back at that situation empowered and ready to handle it in the way that you want to handle it, not in that survival okay. brain mode. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's multiple things I say to myself in the moment. Sometimes when it's really frustrating, I have a phrase that I tell myself, this is what it is right now. I don't like it, but I'll get through it. So I'm not denying what I'm feeling. I'm acknowledging it, but I'm also affirming myself that I'll get through this. Um, I do have like post-it notes around the house. I am a calm and patient mom. I have it in my coffee machine. Every morning I look at it and I'm like, I read it and I say it to myself because that is who I strive to be. That's who I want to be. That is my goal. And so like saying it to myself and when things are getting tense and frustrating and I'm getting in the car and the kids are fighting and I'm like, I am calm. I am calm. I am calm. (laughs) I am calm. I am calm. (laughs) Yes. I'm saying this to myself. And like, and my kids will see that and they may think it's weird and silly, but you know what? It's so much better than screaming at them. It's so much better than saying something hurtful. It really is. It may be weird that you're doing deep breaths, but your children see that and you're teaching them how to handle their hard and big emotions. They may not repeat that right now after you, but oftentimes if we grew up in an environment where our parents blew up and yelled, we carry that forward into our family. Or Mm -hmm. we grew up in an environment where nobody talked about anything and we just shut down. We carry that into our family. But if you see a healthy way where emotions are handled and communicated, even though your kids may not be doing it right now, because yeah, their brains are immature. You're modeling that to them and you are really actually setting them up for success in the future with their future families. Yeah. Well, and I think it's very interesting, the things that we have, you know, either consciously or subconsciously taken from our childhoods negatively that on the flip side, our kids might be taking these things subconsciously with them into their future lives that we might not be seeing play out right now. You know, we might not see our eight-year-old walk away and go Zen and meditate in his room. Like that would be Mm -hmm. amazing. Right. But that might not be something that we see right away, but like 10, 20, 15 years in the future, they will subconsciously have these examples and these things that they've just grown up seeing mm-hmm. of handling stress and of dealing and taking deep breaths. And they might even just subconsciously start doing that. And so, yeah, we're just, we're just setting, we're just turning that little dial a little bit and setting our kids on this path 
where we're being intentional and it might be conscious or it might be subconscious, but that we're giving them a different and a better way of kind of being able to handle those emotions and do things a little differently. So I love it because you're helping yourself out in the moment, but like the ripple effect, who knows how good that's going to be. Yeah. And we all want good relationships with our kids, right? And when do relationships have like lots of tension? It's usually when tough emotions come up and we say and do hurtful things in those moments. So if we want to have good relationships with our kids, we need to learn how to handle our emotions in a healthy way and then model it for them. And hopefully over time, they're going to see that and they'll be able to regulate their emotions in a healthy way. And you guys won't be saying hurtful things to one another. Yes. I love that. And I love, I'm just thinking now it's come full circle. Your, your Instagram name is emotionally healthy legacy. And Mm -hmm. I love that because it's being emotionally healthy now, but having that go off as your legacy. So I'm thrilled with what you're doing and with what your message is. And I would love to point anyone listening in your direction. So where is the best place to find you and kind of what things do you have going on that they should know about? Yeah, so I do have a podcast. It's called Emotionally Healthy Legacy. You can find it on iTunes and Google Podcasts and Spotify. I also have a page on Instagram. That's where I'm active. And you get to learn some extra tips over there about handling things in the moment and things you can do proactively to support yourself. And also, I can give you a link for, um, I have a five-day mini course. So some of the things that we talked about today and also a couple more, how to regulate your emotions in the moment um, that moms can sign up for and they will be able to learn some extra skills. Like what do I do in the moment when it's really, really tough? So Awesome. I love it. And all of those will be linked right here in the show notes. So you can grab those and quickly get there. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on and for having a good conversation with me today. It was so fun to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for hanging out with me again today. I'm so glad you pressed play. If you want to take a quick second to share this episode with someone you think would love it too, that would be amazing. If you're loving the show, make sure you go and leave a review on iTunes. Reviews are like magic for podcasts and your review will help get this show into the ears of more amazing women just like you. And come find me over on Instagram. I'm there at positively.jesse and I cannot wait to hang out with you some more. So until next time, have an amazing week.